This is Age Well with Dr. Sophie Schotter. I'm your host, Fiona Mattesini, and this chat is all about the 360 of aging. In other words, how to keep ourselves healthy on the inside as well as looking good on the outside. So many gems of wisdom in this one. And for me, it's an essential listen to stay on top of our health. You're going to love it. And if you're new to Dr. Sophie's work, this chat really captures her mindset and philosophy. So Sophie gives us some great tips on how we can empower ourselves. There's a really good test called... We get to that one quite early in the chat. We also cover the latest in emerging trends. I am 100% with him. She talks about the sorts of things she does herself, like this. If I had to pick one supplement... And of course, everything is rooted in science. There's real evidence that they can have a profound impact starting to emerge on mental health conditions. I'm so glad you can join us for this chat. Age well with Dr. Sophie Schotter. From microdosing and genetics to supplements and sleep, we're talking about how to age healthily and in the best possible way for you. Sophie, one of the latest buzzwords in wellness is longevity. And in the many chats we've had off air, one of the things I've noticed is that you seem less focused on how to look, quote unquote, younger and much more focused on the 360 degrees of aging. So yes, how to look the best you possibly can externally, but also a very deep focus on how to de-age internally. Is that a good way of summarizing your philosophy? Yeah, absolutely. Because what's the point in looking great if you don't feel great? And what's the point in feeling great if you don't look great? (laughs) We want the two to marry up. And nowadays, we're living in an era where we have a choice about how we age. We have accessibility to so much science and research and data that we understand the aging process better. Because If you look at most of the big diseases that kill people, the biggest independent risk factor for all of them is an increasing age. So why does that happen? What is happening inside our bodies that means that we're aging and what can we do about it? Because actually, often working on those internal cellular drivers of aging, they'll help us to age better internally, but they will also help us to age better on the outside because aging isn't just about lines and wrinkles it's also about how we walk and our posture and our strength and our gait Mm. all of these things so for me it's so important to take a 360 approach yeah and I suppose this is about the chronological age how long you've been alive versus biological age which I'm guessing is sort of health span rather than lifespan exactly because nowadays the average life expectancy I think is for a woman 83 and a man 82 but we don't want to live to that age if we're not living healthily Mm. it's all about that number in its own right isn't aspirational if you're bed bound or it's about we want to live well and there are now ways of measuring your biological age there's a really good test called glycan age which is a little blood test that can tell you your biological age and then there are now things that we can do to combat and take relatively rapidly years off our cellular age. Yeah, and I will put details of that in the show notes so people can go and look that up. That's a great tip. When we talk about the 360 degrees of aging in relation to aesthetics, 
If I was a fly in the wall, what sort of things do you talk about in clinic in terms of taking a holistic approach to skincare and aesthetics? So everything starts with a good consultation. And I think for women, and actually men as well, but talking about hormones with women is, it's always really useful to understand where a woman is at in her hormonal journey. That real knowledge is power when it comes to getting best results. Talking about lifestyle, so many of my patients come in under immense stress with really difficult situations going on in their lives. And it just so happens that the sort of age, the decade often within which women in particular first seek out aesthetic treatments is an age where you often have lots going on with children. You have sometimes more marital difficulties, often high-stressed job. You might have ageing parents. Mm. So that point at which they first seek out treatments, they're often going through quite a stressful period of life and then very much also talking about diet and lifestyle habits understanding what they're doing at the moment what's really refreshing actually is how many of my patients seem to have an understanding that actually sugar intake exercise all of these things are important and another thing that I always like to understand is people's sleep patterns are this also plays again into hormones but how well we sleep really affects our appearance as well. Yeah. And I think nowadays there are a lot of people who are doing more, who are starting, even if they're not understanding it properly, starting to biohack, starting to have practices in their life that are about boosting their bodies in some way, shape or form, be that supplements or there's all sorts of things accessible nowadays, whether it's paid for in clinics or going out into nature that can have a real impact on how we age. Yeah. I'm picking up on the exercise theme. I read that sitting is the new smoking. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But we, I did think, oh, yeah, I've been sitting a lot today. Yeah, a sedentary lifestyle is, again, a really big risk factor for so many different things. From a skin ageing standpoint, it's also important because As we exercise, we boost our circulation and circulation helps to clear toxins and to deliver micronutrients and oxygen. So when you exercise a lot, you'll boost your skin perfusion. But of course, you're also boosting your metabolism. You're going to have more endorphins and even more for women here than for men. But the way we exercise becomes really important in helping with preservation of muscle mass, which again plays into helping to preserve your bony health as you age, helping to maintain a healthy gait, a good core strength, pelvic floor, all of these things. Yeah. Can we go a bit deeper on the theme of sleep? Because there seems to be a lot of emerging data on good sleep hygiene as it relates to longevity and again, health span. Yeah. So when we sleep, it's the only chance our body, our cells have to regenerate and repair themselves. So if you sleep deprive yourself, either through choice or because you can't sleep, you are taking away your body's ability to do that work on itself. And so whether that's because you think you're one of the few people who can get away with four or five hours sleep a night and be fine, or whether it's that you have real sleep problems because of menopause, or you just struggle with insomnia, that will be having an impact. And you can really notice it in your skin. Your skin tends to start to look more sallow and lacklustre. And of course, along with that come lots of other emotional issues and your ability to handle stress is worse. And that feeds into a vicious cycle of 
more stress impact on you. Mm. But sleep is so important. And for anyone who wants to delve into sleep deeper, there's a really good book called Why We Sleep. And I also think for people that do say, oh, I can get away with four or five hours sleep a night, I would say just because you can doesn't mean to say that you should. No. Right? And there are a very tiny percentage of society who actually genuinely don't need sleep. But it's minuscule. And everyone else who is just sleeping less because they think they can get away with it, they're kidding themselves and it will catch up with them. Mm. I tried it for several years. So I'd have meetings into the evening and I'd go to bed late and then I'd be trying to get up at four to get an hour and a bit of work in before I went to the gym. Mm. And I kept it going for a while, but I ended up on my knees with adrenal burnout. And nothing's worth your health and sleep is one of the most important things for our health. So out of interest, what's your evening routine? Often there'll be some sort of work meeting slash social thing and then I try and get home at a sensible time. I meditate, obviously make sure I've had dinner and then I go to bed and in an ideal world I try to be in bed by 10 often earlier. So if I have a cheeky evening where I've got home early and I can go to bed at nine, I love it. (laughs) I'm not ashamed (laughs) of that at all. But I know I function best in the morning. I get, I feel vibrant in the morning. Whereas if I try and work late in the evening, I'm less productive. So for me, I prefer to go to bed slightly earlier, but then usually I'm up again, starting my day with a meditation. Usually I'm up at around five. I love a toddler bedtime, by the way, at 9pm. Guilty guilty (laughs) pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) what about specific supplements either day or evening I take a huge amount of supplements and one thing I will say is I always will caveat supplements with saying you get your best results with some guidance from a nutritionist or a functional medicine doctor but some great ones from an aging perspective that I rate collagen supplements vitamin c is a good one for skin aging in particular because vitamin c is crucial for collagen production again so a really good one to be taking i'm a big fan of nad plus supplementation from an aging perspective and one of the benefits that a lot of people notice is that their skin hair and nails are better but another big one for many people is sleep that they sleep better on supplements that boost nad plus magnesium huge ones And vitamin D3, if I had to pick one supplement that in the UK, there's probably no one who shouldn't be taking a vitamin D3 supplement. So we're all pretty much having inadequate levels of vitamin D because in the UK, we only can make it between May and September. And that's when the UVB is high enough. And even then, unless you're outdoors all of the time in that period, you're still going to be insufficient. And What we do build from sunlight exposure disappears within a month. Everyone should be on it from September to May. And the majority of us don't need to take a break over the summer. Yeah, (laughs) British weather. Another huge one from an ageing perspective actually would be omega-3s. Hugely important for inflammation in the body and for brain health. And there's a lot of emerging data on that with cognitive function as we age. And if people are vegan, does that, can they take a vegan equivalent and and is it as effective so most omega-3s are from fish sources and there are omega-6 and 9s as well so I actually take an omega-3 and an omega-3 6 and 9 separately separately yeah so I take both but those you can get some from algal origins and some from things like flaxseed so there are excellent supplements available yeah 
Yeah. Can I just throw two more at you that I've been reading about, but I've got no idea what they do. Forgive my pronunciation, resveratrol. So resveratrol is what is in grape skin. Now, it's a tricky one stability-wise. It's a great and potent antioxidant, but to take enough of it in supplement form orally to have big effects, I haven't yet found that supplement that does that. Right. And metformin? Ah, so metformin is actually a prescription medication, which is a treatment for type 2 diabetes. So it helps with glycemic control. But increasingly, there's emerging evidence that it's a good medication to take for longevity. But the data only really stacks up in people over the age of 50. But it is one that you'll need to be prescribed. So this is where working with a functional medicine doctor is quite helpful. And functional medicine is an emerging area, but there are several in the UK now who have extensive training and more training around lifestyle and nutrition and the impact that has on us and how we age and our health Mm -hmm. and looking at it more of a a 360 approach to how we age. It's looking at things rather than when things go wrong, fixing them. How can we live a life that helps prevent things go wrong in the first place? Mm. And actually another good one from an anti-aging perspective, which has another funny name. And was when you said about, excuse your pronunciation, I wondered if this was going to be one you'd mention, is spermidine, which has absolutely nothing to do with sperm at all. I did wonder. (laughs) I have to address that. But it basically stimulates a process in the body called autophagy which is where your body clears out senescent cells that aren't working as well as they should anymore. And spermidine's an excellent supplement for that. And there's a, a great one called, my, my go-to is a brand called Primadine, which you can get in the UK now. Mm, okay. I love all this channel supplements. I bet if we, I take loads as well. I bet if we merged our cabinets, it just would be rattling away. What are your thoughts? There's a lot of thoughts on this out there already, but do you have any particular thoughts on gut health and skincare? Oh, loads. The, the mm. gut-skin axis is really well described now. And we have trillions of microorganisms living in our guts that have impact on every aspect of our health, on our cognitive function, on our immune function, on our, you know, your risk of developing allergies to certain things so it's not just about your gut and I mean there's some really interesting stuff actually also coming research wise around meditation and microbiome but gut health is absolutely crucial and a lot of us do abuse our digestive systems be it through too much processed food or not enough of a healthy balanced diet Mm. And it does impact on skin. There's a known relationship between an imbalanced microbiome and many skin diseases like rosacea or acne. So really important to talk about and think about. Do you take a probiotic? And if so, which brand? Yeah, I take BioCult. Mm-hmm. which yeah. is a really good one, really accessible price point. There are lots of great probiotics on the market and, you know, Simprov is another excellent one. Mm. I just find it easier for me to take something in capsule form than I do a drink that's kept in my fridge every morning because I forget too often. Yeah, yeah. I recently read an astonishing statistic from Dr. David Sinclair. Now, he's a Harvard genetics professor, and he said that only 20% of our longevity or the health we have in old age is genetically determined. So in other words, we can intervene in our own aging process. How far would you agree with this type of sentiment and approach? 
I am 100% with him. It's something called epigenetics, which is the fact that, yes, we have our genes, but we can influence how those genes work and how they're expressed. Absolutely. Our lifestyles and the things we do can have a huge impact on how well we age and how long we live. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are certain genetic conditions that we inherit, all sorts of cancers, for example. And that's written in your genes and can be very difficult. But we really can influence how those genes are expressed and therefore the consequences that we have from them. In older age. And is it measurable? I mean, I hear there are DNA tests that use specific algorithms that can calculate our biological age. So basically so we can track how we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's you, you can now measure. So true biological age is through usually blood testing because your DNA doesn't change across your life. So if you do a DNA test, it will tell you about your DNA that you will have forever, mm-hmm. whereas other forms of testing pick up different things. But yeah, it can be measured now, whether that's through telomere length or other parameters. But yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, this is so geeky, but telomeres. So these are these tiny caps on the ends of our DNA strands that protect our cells from premature aging. Have I got that right? Yes, absolutely. And those caps are degraded as we age and eventually the cap's kind of gone and then your DNA can start to be damaged. Right. Okay. It's so good to have access to, because of course you're not just an aesthetics doctor, you're a doctor. So it's great to have these uh, really geeky conversations and and get the lowdown. I always think that some of the most attractive people are the ones who laugh a lot and seem really positive and happy. I'm thinking of people like Goldie Horn here, which sort of leads us to the mental health theme. And I wondered what your thoughts are on microdosing. It's a really interesting one and there is some really interesting research and I really hope at some point this is embraced and legalised and obviously in America, for example, there are clinics now who are using microdosing of various substances but there's a lot of promise and hope there, I think. There's been a great lecture series by a company who, some of them are online, many of them are in person, starting to talk more about microdosing and psychedelics and there's real evidence that they can have a profound impact on mental health conditions. Yeah. So I really do hope it it comes along in a more legal and allowable way in the UK. And regulated as well, of course. Exactly. And in fact, I should also mention that I have just been loaned, if anyone's interested in microdosing, Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, which I think is quite a seminal piece of literature on on the whole thing. So we'll put that in the notes as well. Finally, separate to this recording, we've chatted a lot about meditation and it feels right to thread this into a conversation about holistic wellness and aging. Can you talk to us a little bit about your journey into meditation and I suppose any challenges as well as successes? I've meditated on and off for many years. And at first I started doing it as a way of helping to manage stress and calm the mind and so on. And I I used, there's some good apps around that give you access to lots of meditations. But it's only more recently that I've discovered I don't, I didn't really understand truly what meditation was. And so I became exposed to some really interesting science and research on meditation by a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he's not a medical doctor. His background's actually in chiropractics, but he's been very involved in R&D with some big research doctors from the University of San Diego who are looking at the effect of meditation on the brain, on 
the gut microbiome. And for example, they've just published in a peer-reviewed journal the impact of meditation um, blocking the COVID virus from entering cells. And that's been published in a peer-reviewed scientific journal. So I really think there's a lot that we don't yet fully understand about the powers of our own minds. And I still feel like I'm at the beginning of my own journey about this. But so much is around positive mindsets and feeling joy in life and gratitude for what we have. And finding meditation for me has really allowed me to embrace a happier life. And I do think, as you said, about people who laugh a lot and so on, I think it's so important to how we age as well. So I'm quite excited to see where that goes over the coming years. I think there's going to be a lot more. His commitment to proving what he talks about is immense. And as a scientist myself, that's for me really been been crucial in drawing me further into exploring. It's so interesting. It's just so interesting. Thank you so much. We'll put more in the notes on that as well. And just to add to that, I think as well, a really important tip for people is to understand you don't have to trust all of your thoughts as in the negative ones that come in. You can just observe them. You are not your thoughts, right? You can have a lot better control over your mind. Exactly. And there are ways of reframing that and finding different ways to look at things that can really help you process. And it's more just, I still feel, as I said, that I'm at the beginning of my journey of really understanding this. And so all I would do is signpost to a couple of amazing books that you can start to read to delve a little bit deeper, rather than me try and explain what I still feel Mm. like I'm at the beginning of trying to understand myself. (laughs) Yeah. And books by Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Brilliant. This is amazing. I feel like as if we could have gone down a whole other rabbit hole there, but we won't. We'll wrap it up there. Sophie, again, thank you so much. Thank you as well. It's been a great conversation. And that ends our podcast. If you want to explore more of what we talked about, simply head to the show notes. We've done all of the research and noting down of names, ideas, any studies we mentioned so you don't have to go digging. To be ahead of the latest episode, press follow on Apple Podcasts. That's the little cross on the top right. Or simply hit follow on Spotify or whichever podcast app you use. Also, do follow Sophie on Instagram and TikTok. There's loads of great content and little explainers on there. Search for Dr. Sophie Schotter. Finally, if you're close to London or Kent, you can book a consultation with Sophie and find out more about who she is and the range of treatments and services she offers via drsophieschotter.com. And by the way, there's some great blog content on the website too. My name's Fiona Mattesini. On behalf of myself and Sophie, please do take a moment to rate and review the show. It all helps. And of course, thanks for listening.